Chapter 2 of The Red Cross Girls with the Russian Army This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Former Acquaintance But, Nana began and then hesitated, feeling extraordinarily puzzled. The face of the woman before her was oddly familiar, although she could not at the instant recall where or when she had known her. Yet she remembered the deep blue-gray eyes with their perfectly penciled dark brows and lashes, even the rather sad expression of them. However, she must be mistaken, since she could have no acquaintance in Russia. However, she allowed herself to be quietly led inside the hut, where the door was immediately closed behind her. Then the girl followed the woman inside a bare chamber, furnished with only a few chairs and a rough table. In an upper corner hung an icon, the Russian image of the Christ. The face of the Christ was painted in brilliant colors set inside a brass square, and this square enclosed in a dark wooden frame. The icon is to the Russian who is a Greek Catholic what the crucifix is to the Roman Catholic. No Orthodox Russian home is ever without one. But after the first glance, Nona Davis gave no further consideration to her surroundings. Before her companion could speak the second time, she had suddenly recognized her. Why, Lady Dorian, what has brought you to Russia? You're the last person I expected to see. Since our meeting on board the Philadelphia and your stay at the Sacred Heart Hospital, I have so often wondered what had become of you, and if you were well and happy. You promised to write me then you have not forgotten me before saying anything more the older woman found a chair for her guest and another for herself no i have not written you but i have thought of you many times and have followed your history more closely than you dream she returned quietly yet with evident earnestness i have been well and i suppose as happy as most people how can any human being be anything but wretched during this tragic war? If only we might have peace. Lady Dorian's face became white and drawn, and Nona felt that she had aged a great deal since their first meeting, and indeed since the months they had spent as fellow workers for the British soldiers at the Sacred Heart Hospital. Nevertheless, she still felt strangely attracted toward her companion, although mingled with the attraction was a new and uncomfortable feeling of distrust. Lady Dorian had come to the hospital cleared of the charge made against her on board the Philadelphia of being a spy. Yet she had never given any explanation of her history. Then had followed her surprising meeting with the British officer, Colonel Dalton, and their betrayal of a former acquaintanceship. Although the older woman had promised to explain their connection later, she had only said that they had once known each other rather intimately in London. But as they were friends no longer, she preferred not speaking of him again. All this passed swiftly through Nona's mind while the older woman was speaking. But the girl devoutly hoped that her face did not betray her thoughts. For here was the most surprising situation of all. Lady Dorian had seemed to be a woman of wealth at the beginning of their acquaintance, and certainly had given a large sum of money to the Sacred Heart Hospital. Now to find her dressed as a peasant and living in a peasant's hut in Russia. Her skirt was of some cheap black material, and her bodice of velveteen, laced with black cords over a white cotton waist. 
she also wore a russian peasant's apron of brighter colors yet nona recognized the older woman's beauty and distinction in spite of her costume even while her present circumstances and her eccentricities antagonized her visitor the woman was sitting with her level brows drawn together looking closely at the younger girl i am sorry you don't seem to feel your former faith in me nona she began unexpectedly not that i blame you for i do not know myself whether it is wise for me to have entreated into your life again i would not have done so if there had not been a reason more important than you can appreciate for a moment the girl's attention had been wandering engaged by the oddness of her surroundings but now she tried to conceal her growing discomfort lady dorian was appearing more mysterious than ever if she desired to renew their acquaintance because they had formerly liked each other that was a sufficient reason for her summons it was scarcely worth while to try to produce other motives but lady dorian had gotten up and now stood facing her what i am going to tell you is extraordinary nona although life is too full of strange happenings to make us wonder at anything in the first place will you please cease to call me lady dorian for that is not my name nor is it remarkable for you to discover me living in russia because i am a russian by birth i have not always made my home in my own country but that makes no difference since my love and sympathy have always been with my own people here i am only known as sonya but i do not wish to speak of myself but of you i have a strong reason for my interest in you nona for although you may find it hard to believe i once knew your mother knew my mother the young american girl scarcely understood what was being said she was so many thousands of miles both in fact and in thought from her own home and her own history she could not believe that her companion was telling the truth in any case she was merely mistaking her for someone else so nona shook her head gravely i'm sorry but i don't think that possible she explained my mother was a southern woman who lived very quietly in an old-fashioned city i can't see how your lives could have ever touched until this instant nona had remained seated with her former friend standing before her she did not realize how much she showed her resentment at this use of her mother's name now she made an effort to rise from her chair i am very happy to have seen you again she protested in the formal manner which barbara meade sometimes admired and at other times resented but her companion was not influenced and indeed paid no attention to the younger girl's hauteur she merely put a restraining hand on her shoulder adding it is not worth while for us to argue that point until you hear what i have to say the fact is i know more of your mother nona than you do yourself for one thing your mother was also a russian she was older than i but we were together at one time in the united states she went to visit in new orleans and there met your father and married i knew she had a daughter by your name but curiously when i first met you on board the steamer your name conveyed nothing to me perhaps the last thing i expected was to find the daughter of your father general robert davis serving as a red cross nurse he was a conservative of the old school and i supposed would never have allowed you to leave home but after we came together again and i met you for the second time at the sacred heart hospital i began to think of what association i had with your name soon i remembered and then i endeavored to discover your history 
there was a chance that the name had no connection with the girl I sought, but it was simple enough to make the discovery. Simple enough to make the discovery. Stupidly, Nona Davis repeated the words aloud because they puzzled her. Then it occurred to her that the woman before her was so associated with mysteries that a family problem must be comparatively simple. Doubtless, she had been able to discover more of Nona's mother's history than she herself had ever found out. But Nona was by no means pleased with the thought of an association between her own people and Lady Dorian, who had just frankly confessed that this name had been an assumed one. Nor did she wish to go into the subject of her family connection with so uncomfortable a stranger. First, she wished to have time to think the situation over and to try to make it clearer to her own mind. Then she wished to discuss it with Mildred and Barbara. The girl glanced at the old-fashioned watch belonging to her father, which she always wore. In the back, it held her mother's picture, but not for worlds would she have revealed this fact at the moment. Curious that she should feel this extreme distrust of her companion when she had been her ardent defender in their earlier acquaintance. But then she had never expected to be drawn into any intimacy with her. Besides, Russia was an incomprehensible country. The class distinctions which had so impressed her in England were as nothing to the differences in rank here. Russia, in truth, seemed a land of princes and paupers. To a girl of Nona Davis's ideas and training, to find herself associated with the lower orders of Russian society was distinctly disagreeable. She had lived so long on the tradition of family that social position seemed of first importance. Now her former acquaintance was living in a peasant's house and was dressed like a peasant woman. Some strange change must have taken place in her life to reduce her to such a position, when previously she had given the impression of wealth and distinction. Nona got up hurriedly, drawing her coat about her. Later, perhaps, she might be willing to hear what the other woman wished to confide, but not today. Yet Nona felt that she did not wish to look into her companion's eyes. She must try not to think of her any longer as Lady Dorian, though Sonia was an exquisite Russian name, it certainly gave no clue to her identity. However, she could not fail to see that the other woman's expression revealed surprise and sorrow at her attitude, but was without resentment. It was as if she had grown accustomed to distrust and coldness. I am sorry you don't wish me to speak of your mother, Nona. It is true I can give you no explanation of the change in my surroundings, but the present need not affect the past. I know that your father has kept your mother's story a secret from you, yet there is nothing in it of which you may not be proud, that is, if you have the nature which I have hoped to find in you. Embarrassed and yet determined not to listen any further, Nona continued obstinately walking toward the door with Sonia quietly following her. Will you wait a moment, please? the older woman asked. I have two friends here in the house with me, whom I would like you to meet. When you talk me over with Mildred and Barbara to find out their opinion of me and of what I have tried to tell you, you can explain to them that I am not alone. I realize that I have always been a mystifying acquaintance, and I'm sorry, but it is not possible to tell you my history at present. Some day I may be able to explain. Sonia's tone was half grave and half gay. 
Moreover, her blue eyes with their curiously dark brows and lashes watched the younger girl with an almost wistful affection. The situation was more than puzzling. Yet, although she grew more anxious each minute to be away, Nona could only agree to her companion's request. For a moment she was left alone in the crude, bare room. It was cheerless and cold, and she grew even more uncomfortable. Surely Russia was the strangest land in the world. How could her history as a young American girl have any connection with it? Why had she so insisted upon continuing her Red Cross nursing in Russia, when without her urging the other Red Cross girls would have been content to remain where they were? The next moment a very old woman and a man came into the room with Sonia. There was no doubting they were both peasants. With them it was not merely a matter of rough clothes. They were both heavily built, with stupid, sad faces, and they mumbled something in broken English when they were introduced to Nona, eyeing her with suspicion. It was only when their gaze rested upon Sonia that their faces changed. Then it was as though a light had shone through darkness. Sonia introduced them by name, some queer Russian name which Nona could not grasp. However, she was trying her best to find something civil to say in return, which they might be able to understand, when an unexpected noise interrupted them. Someone had unceremoniously opened the door in the hall and was walking toward them. For an instant, Nona thought she saw a shade of anxiety cross the faces of her three companions, but the next instant it was gone. Nona could scarcely swallow a gasp of surprise admiration when, soon after, the door opened. A young Russian soldier entered the room. He wore the uniform of a Cossack, the high boots, the fur cap, and tunic. To Nona Davis's American eyes, the young man seemed a typical Russian of the better classes. He was extremely handsome, more than six feet tall, with dark hair and eyes, and a colorless skin. He appeared surprised at Nona's presence, but explained that he was stationed at the Russian fort where a number of wounded were being cared for. He remembered having seen Nona and her two friends. They were the only American nurses in the vicinity, so it was not strange to have noticed them. Michael Orloff was the soldier's name. Sonia spoke it with distinctness, but gave him no title. Yet evidently they knew each other very well. A moment later, and Nona finally got away. She was late and nervous about returning to the fortifications alone. Yet, as she hurried on, she was thinking over the afternoon until her head ached with the mystery of it. Perhaps it might be wise if she could avoid meeting this particular group of people again. End of chapter 2